0: Welcome to the Quantum Growth Podcast, empowering financial advisors to build practices for the 21st century by providing insights and interviews on leadership, strategy, and practice management. Now here's your host, Barron's Hall of Fame advisor, Jonathan Cutton.
1: Welcome to another episode of Quantum Growth for Financial Advisors. It's the double J's, J-O-N. John Randall, say hello to our audience
0: today. Hello, everyone. It's awesome to be here. I love doing these podcasts.
1: Ooh, did I just have more energy than John Randall? Let's try that again. (laughs) John Randall, please say hello to our audience.
0: Let's go. It's going to be an awesome one. We are setting up a series of... Fire hose information. This is going to be great. Get ready, everyone. Buckle your seatbelts.
1: Buckle your seatbelts is right. So, yeah. So, you know, John and I uh, were talking a little bit about kind of what would be valuable to our listeners. And what we came up with is a multiple part series. Could be, it's going to be at least three, could be four, maybe five. Um, But we're going to go kind of short increments so it's digestible. Uh, And I think it's gonna be super valuable to our listeners. The concept here is to really focus on advisors in the different phases of growth in their business and what they're dealing with, what it feels like, and then some of the things uh, that will likely need to occur to get from sort of phase one to phase two, right? So we've talked about on past episodes, you know, from newbie advisor, right, who just kind of cutting their teeth in the industry, sole practitioner to kind of, you know, more of an early ensemble or maybe even a lifestyle practice would be a better uh, next step. So lifestyle practice, early ensemble, ensemble, mature ensemble, super mature ensemble. And what we're going to do is kind of dissect where, kind of the pain points are and the opportunities at each level of business. Um, and I think it'll be uh, some super uh, you know, interesting dialogue. So, John, the concept for today is really to talk about kind of that. I'm going to call it that new advisor, but probably more importantly, someone who, say, a million or less of gross annual revenue Um you know, and kind of what that particular advisor is is dealing with. So I'm going to flip it over to you for a, a little color there.
0: Yeah, this is a, uh, I, I think we'll make this more relevant to listeners because there's listeners out there that are, you know, by themselves, maybe just have one staff person. It's people listening that have double digit number of advisors on their team. So I, I'm excited to go through these different progressions. And really, you know, the, the early stages to me, it's, it's about keeping it simple. The, the complexity is the you know, advisor in the stage is every single department by themselves, right? They're handling the investments. They're doing the financial planning. They're, you know, they, they might even be processing paperwork uh, to, to get things done, to get business done with clients. And um, really, the name of the game at this stage is growth. You've got to be able to cut through the clutter of all the things on your plate and grow. And really, you've got to be able to bring in new assets. And it really is about client acquisition, you know, net asset flows, so more coming in that's going out. That's really the, the name of the game at this stage. Because to be able to grow and get to these other stages, you just need a volume of assets Which produces, you know, that's the number one driver for revenue in our industry. And you've got to have a certain amount of revenue, a certain amount of profits to be able to, you know, hire some people to help. But it's it's the I I think it's the you know quality of time for someone that has everything on their plate. Time management becomes a, a much bigger deal for someone at this stage than in the later stages, just because there's so much on their plate. But to me, the ones that I see really cut through and make it, they're laser focused on bringing in new assets, bringing in new clients. They do a great job with their clients. Those people refer them to others like them. And that's got to be the the simplicity of it. You know, some people at this stage, you might outsource a little bit, some things just to keep their plate clean. But the juggling of all of it is, is definitely the biggest challenge. But I think the most important part is growth. It's got to be building assets. It's got to be building revenue so that you're set up to go to those next stages of the business.
1: Yeah, completely agree, John. So as you think about that, um, if I'm an advisor that's kind of in that phase of my career, I'm sub a million, maybe getting closer to a million. Um, and I'm you know, trying to figure out how to get to that next level. As you As you think about that and from what you've seen, what would you say the 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 key is? Like, you know, is it hiring your first staff person or first advisor? Um, if you could just kind of talk through kind of what you see as the 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 biggest step that you've seen that gets people from that level to the next level?
0: Yeah, the the scariest leap is is hiring that first person for everyone. It it really is. And if you look at all the things on that solo advisor's plate, there's so many things that are essentially a lower dollar per hour you know, rate activities, and that's what what dilutes those advisors. There's not a big difference in the advisor doing you know half million and uh, and five million in terms of skills. The advisor doing half you know million has a lot on their plate, and their time is consumed in lower dollar per hour things where someone doing $5 million in revenue, they're doing the highest dollar per hour things. And they've got other people doing the lower things. So it is a critical leap. And every advisor says, oh, my gosh, I can't afford that person. So I, I always think one of the best strategies is to look at existing clients. Most, if not all, advisors have opportunities within their book especially someone that's busy that has a lot on their plate, there are opportunities that they can look within their book to capture more business and do more for their clients that can pay for that person. So if it's a motivator to get that person and and to pay for them, just to know that when you get someone taking lower dollar per hour tasky stuff off your plate and you start focusing more on closing more business with clients, getting to that next referral, closing the new prospect to bring in, you know, six figure clients, maybe seven figure clients. That's the, that's the flip. That's when advisors turn the corner there, whether it's, you know, outsourced or, you know, hiring that first key person is really it, but it can be paid for the, that, that, that's the big conundrum, but you can pay for that first person. And every time I see it, there's opportunities with the, in the book that will easily pay for that first hire.
1: Yeah, well said, John, Um, I've, uh, you've heard me talk about plate spinning, right?
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Mm You know, for most advisors that are, say, sub a million in annual revenue, they're spinning a ton of plates. And what happens is as you get closer and closer from what I've seen to that million dollar level, what happens is some of the plates become wobbly and I, you know, I always called it, uh, you know, to my advisors, the critical inch, right? Like the things that you should be focusing on with the laser-like focus, which are a lot of the things that you said, marketing, business development, right? Going deeper with clients, attracting more of the clients. And what happens is when you're focusing on some of those wobbly plates that might not be the right plates, um, ultimately it, it kind of stunts the growth of the business. So you know what I wanted to kind of dig in on there a little bit as well is you know uh, you've heard me John talk about and and I've heard you talk about actually uh, the book Who Not How right and this is a really interesting one I think for our listeners which is at some point in your career right as someone who's going to get from a million to something north of a million what John is really describing is 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 a, a word that I would call delegation, right? So when advisors think about um, delegating, delegating is generally the first step to get you through that sort of ceiling of complexity. And delegating, like you said a minute ago, John, is usually the mundane tasks, right? Prepping for a client meeting, setting appointments, sending summary letters, confirming appointments, maybe putting together uh, you know a review kit, agendas, applications, so on, et cetera. Um, so when you think about um, the difference between delegating and something we'll probably talk about in other uh, uh, podcasts, other uh, in the bigger businesses uh, is getting into that who not how concept, right, which is finding the right players, um, to help run kind of verticals or functionality inside of your business, whether it be business development or whether it be being the advisor or running money, uh, so on, et cetera. So, the question that I'd have, and I think that was just more just adding some color uh, that I think our audience could appreciate. But, but here's the question where I think people get caught up, John. So, I heard your words, right? Which were when you delegate, you will free up time. In order to get more business out of your business to cover the cost and maybe even create more profit above and beyond your current profit. But I think what keeps people from jumping right from you know the, the one ledge of the mountain, if you will, to the next ledge of the mountain and doing that is that fear of the unknown. And the fact of the matter is, for some period of time, and I think our listeners need to know this. Um, your profits will actually go down because it will take a little time to realize the opportunities that you just described. And I, I would just love for you to talk a little bit about that and maybe help our listeners through, um, kind of what that feels like, what it looks like, what they should expect, and you know why, in fact, you think it's a good decision for them to to go from ledge to ledge on that mountain.
0: You know, it it, it is scary to be standing at that ledge looking down saying, oh my gosh, this is, you know, I've got that scary feeling in my stomach and I'm not sure if I want to leap. The way, you know, in all my, you know, PhD work in performance psychology, the way we're designed as humans, we will stay on the ledge. Very few will take the leap and jump. But the, the really the way you need to think of it to graduate from being an ordinary financial advisor to making this shift to extraordinary, you got to think more like an entrepreneur. The financial advisor would think, you know what? I'll just do it myself. I'll work a little bit more hours and I'm going to stay here on the ledge. The ones that take a leap, they think differently. And this is the key to entrepreneurial thinking at this stage. To make that leap, you've got to think of everything in your business as an investment. There are no costs in business. They're only investments. So if you're going to invest in someone to schedule your appointments for you, yes, there's additional costs and it's cut and saying your, your profits will be lower, but that's an investment that you could generate a return on. When you get that freed up time, it's not going to the golf course with that extra time. It's doing the higher quality things, reaching out the clients more, getting into the, the prospects more, following up with them. That's really the thinking there. So if it's Outsourcing a little bit. If it is investing in that person, then your responsibility is how do you get a return on that investment?
1: Yeah, super well said. Um, you know, so a question I'd have for you, John, is as you think about that, you're talking about right, um, kind of what those opportunities are to delegate to a staff person after you make that hire. I think what some advisors struggle with, I'll hit you with the cut. I haven't done a cut in two, two, uh, two step in a while, two <laughs> questions at once, right? So my first question would be, you know, what, what should that sub million dollar producer who wants to be a larger producer, what is their ideal schedule look like? Like what should they actually be doing with their time? Um, in fact, I'm not going to hit you with the cut in two step. That's, that's a long one. So I'm, I'm okay. going to just okay. get you the cut in one step and I'll hit you the two step after you're done with that.
0: The, one of the best um, model weeks that I've seen for someone, um, one of our, our fast growers I worked with, gosh, probably 12, 13 years ago, uh, he was only doing probably about 250 in, in production production. And he skyrocketed to over 2.5 million in 10 years. And it wasn't, he didn't buy practice or recruiting, but he, it was just pure organic growth. And um, really his schedule, he spent Monday morning just getting ready for the week, being ready for any client appointment, it, you know, whatever things he had to do. That was Monday morning. All Monday afternoon was marketing Mondays. It was all prospecting activities, following up with prospects. Find up with people who might be able to connect him to a prospect, inviting people to something, you know, inviting someone to take them out for, uh, uh, to lunch on their birthday or grabbing a coffee with somebody, beer with somebody all afternoon. They were doing those tasks to set up the opportunities to bring in more clients, better clients. Then, really, a lot of their midweek, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, they consolidated their time with clients. So that's when they scheduled meetings. So it's sort of like a doctor's office will have scheduled times and they see patients. Same thing where it might be all day Tuesday, Thursday, Wednesday afternoon, something like that where you've got full throttle um uh you know I used to call that like performance time with clients when you're really on, you're either got scheduled meetings for them. If there isn't a scheduled meeting, you're making outbound calls to clients, everything is about them. And then Fridays is, you know, cleaning up. If there's some callbacks, if there's some you know, something to do to follow up from the meetings. You do those things on on Fridays. That was, that's a great format. It's a typical kind of model week that we see. Uh, It allows you to get to the things that need to get done, just the, you know, necessary, like prep or planning time that exists. Um, It's not so much, you know, I was a fan of of Dan Sullivan's uh, strategic coach program um, they recommend like specific kinds of days to have like a planning day. You know, again, I always call them like performance days with clients. But um, we, I, I see people at this stage break it up and have prep time, full throttle marketing time, seeing client time, and then, you know, kind of follow-up time. Easy formula, but it, it helps make sure you're getting to the most important parts of the business.
1: Makes sense. Um, I've seen, John, you... Uh, share with advisors kind of like what that model calendar looks like? Is there something that we could share maybe with the notes uh, with our audience?
0: Yeah, absolutely. We've got a bunch of examples and even from different stages of, uh, you know, new advisor to, uh, you know, even some of the higher up uh, levels that we're going to cover here in uh, upcoming podcasts. So you can email me at john at xfa.coach or or we'll we'll pop on some examples here with uh, in the notes of the podcast.
1: Awesome. I appreciate that. Um, I I think it's helpful and I think you're exactly right. You know, it's about intentionality, right? And um, ultimately kind of being very, you know, intentional about how you're going to spend your time, particularly if you hire someone, um, you know, to ultimately, uh, you know, do some of that, that kind of lower end task in your business. So you could focus on higher priority, kind of critical inch stuff, as I like to call it. Um, you know, so John, one of the things that I was going to ask as well—a little self-serving—as you know, you're a coach, right? Um, and that's what you do—is you lead quite well, by the way, advisors. But um, mentorship, coaching—you know—I think a lot of advisors at that sub-million-dollar level, um, you know, no disrespect to the listeners, but it's different work and different thinking to go from a. producer in your example to a $2.5 million uh, producer. Um, What's your opinion? Take yourself out of it for a minute. But um, do you find that a lot of advisors in that category maybe are stuck and don't get to the next level because they don't want to invest? They don't have the right mentors or they don't want to invest in someone to help them? get more intentional and kind of think about the business as the business, as a business?
0: Yeah, it's a lot at that stage. Uh, You don't know what you don't know. Because look, a a lot of advisors, we're on our own island for for a lot of the early parts of our career. And and you might be lucky enough to be in an office where there's others. Um, I, I know I benefited from that. Um, you know, John cut hired me. There was all these great producers. I got to say, Hey, can I buy you a breakfast sandwich and pick your brain? Or can I take you out to lunch just to learn from you? Um, I I benefited from that, but a, a lot is, is we have more independent advisors in the industry and there's less leadership in firms. Most advisors, you're on your own out there and it's hard to just know what to do. So I would relate it to a, uh, an athlete, you know, athletes, uh, You know, there's not many like natural phenoms that just, you know, are incredible at something. They have someone that usually guides them. There's a coach along the way that was really, you know, helped them turn turn a quarter to go to the next level. So whether you've got like a mentor, someone you can really look up to, someone that's willing to take you under their wing and kind of show you the path. uh, I, I mean, some kind of guidance is really, really critical. It really is. I know for me, I've had, just, you know, coaches and consultants have really helped me along the way and still do. And, you know, just because they've, you know, been further down the path, you know, they've paved the way and they've either done it themselves or they've helped many people walk a certain path that I'm trying to go down that I don't know how to see through the woods there. And uh, they do, they can show you the shortcuts. They can help you with your thinking, I think is a big part. Just like the standing on the ledge oh my gosh, I can't afford to hire somebody, so I'm not. And then you get stuck at the same production level for a long time. Or, hey, I should change my thinking and take a leap. Uh, It's really scary, but I've got someone that can help me take the leap and help me have a soft landing so I get to the other side and I double my production in a couple of years. Um, That's really it. Every top athlete you, you, you look at in any sport, any top uh, musician, actor, a- any of the elite people that you see, there's somebody guided them along the way. And it's highly likely they still have somebody guiding them. So get out of your own way and look for some help. Look for someone further down the path to help you or seek some kind of coach consultant. There's tons of them in the industry. You just need a guide is all that it is to get you from the stage you're at to the next stage if you really, really want to grow.
1: Yeah, completely agree. Uh, it's one of the uh, the favorite little anecdotal stories that uh, Ray Kelly, who we've had on the show before, uh, talks about, and he loves talking about. There's five frogs, John, sitting on a log, <laughs> and one one of the five frogs decides to jump. John, how many uh, frogs are on that log? I think. Ooh, how many, John? Tell me. Four. Are there four? You're playing nice with me. Good. There's four frogs on the log. Not true, John. There's five frogs on the log. You know why there's five frogs on the log, John? Why is that? Because the, the uh, frog decided to jump. He didn't actually jump. There it is. Mm. Did you play along, nice? <laughs> <or did> you- <laughs> I heard Ray tell it,
0: but <laughs> okay.
1: I don't know. I'm like, man, I thought he knew this story. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, when you when you think about it, right? What we think um, doesn't mean anything. It's what we actually do. Yeah. And for a lot of us, man, the definition of insanity, as we know, is doing the same thing over and over and thinking that we're going to get a different result. So if you've been thinking about it a lot and you haven't actually jumped off of that log that's where coaching comes in that's where accountability comes in uh and i know like you john um me i've had coaches around me my whole life from athletics to uh, business etc and um man if you get to have the right coach which is important that can make you think about your thinking um and ultimately help you get uncomfortable that's where all the growth comes uh for sure it, so, it is
0: and, and i always define that uh coaching is is help with what's going on in between your years. It, it's really about how you think about things. Um, I've always found the consulting part uh, of what we do easy, because it's really just aligning to best practices. We work with so many great practices and get to see the best of the best. So we've got a ton of that. It's easy to see that, okay, you're here. All you need to do this is to get to the next part. But we know that people aren't going to leap and take the next part. And it really is working on the thinking what is their mindset how can they shift certain things because the way we think you know there's so many people listening that are stuck in that loop of insanity where they keep doing the same things keep making the same mistakes and they're not taking those leaps and they're always going to be stuck but you know the 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 things between our ears act at anchor sometimes and they kind of keep us from taking the leap to go to the next level so unlocking those are a key to changing the behaviors. Your behaviors aren't going to change unless something in between your ears changes. Once you have a shift in mindset, then your you know, actions, behaviors will follow and then your results will follow too. So it really does start with the thinking and that's why you know, coaching is an important aspect. And we see it all the time. Once someone makes that shift, I mean, they take off. We see people double their business in you know, three years, two years, sometimes even one year because it really just clicks for them and they're able to execute on the actions or the behaviors that are gonna help them grow. We see it all the time, but there's gonna be all these points where you hit glass ceilings and you're gonna have to think differently to break through half million, to break through a million in production, to break through 2 million in production. They all require thinking differently and doing some things differently. So someone that can guide you through it is really, it makes it easier.
1: Couldn't agree more, um, you know, gave me a, a good idea for a future episode, John, I, I, I may try to align maybe two or three coaches, you being one of them, uh, to just talk about kind of the value of what a coach actually provides, because I'm sure lots of our listeners don't have coaches and likely should. So with that said, my friend, I think, um, you know, that covers and hopefully for our listeners who are in that million dollar or under space, or for that matter, they might be bigger. Um, but have advisors on their team that are in the million dollar or under space, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. To think about kind of what some of those uh, kind of key points to get to that next level actually are. So thanks for joining me. And as always, John, to our listeners, uh, thank you for joining another episode of Quantum Growth for Financial Advisors. Uh, as I mentioned in the beginning of the show, next episode is going to be looking uh, at advisors at that next level, which I think we define as a million to two and a half million, somewhere along those lines, uh, and kind of what, what advisors like that uh, are struggling with. So don't keep us a secret. If you know an advisor who's in that million dollar or under uh, category that should be listening to the podcast, do us a favor. Uh, you know, ask them to follow and, uh, and listen to, uh, to Quantum Growth for Financial Advisors as well. So with that all being said, make it a great day. Thanks for uh, listening to another episode of Quantum Growth for Financial Advisors. And if you yourself or anyone you know could be a good, interesting guest, please shoot us a note and we'll see if we can get you or that special someone on the show. Make it a great day.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode. You can find the episode show notes and subscribe for updates by visiting cuttonconsultinggroup.com forward slash podcast. Make sure to subscribe and download the episodes on your favorite podcast app. And we'll see you next week.